Zuri Broadcasters Association and this station. This is DJ Megaseg, your favorite robot DJ, only on KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. I mean, we had the NFL playoffs going on, so... It feels like we did Saturdays back-to-back weeks, and then... Last week, you were out of town. Last week, we were all in COVID protocol, and now we're back here. We did a couple Zooms over break. Now we're getting ready. Conference championships last week. Super Bowl week from now. We're five weeks away from an NCAA tournament. That's Our correct. Bracket, at least. That's correct. We're about... February 6th. 6th, so seven months away from Georgia defending their national championship against Oregon Week oh 1 at God. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We haven't done, talked too much about college football uh, since, I guess, the end of the season. So Hasn't been much news. We'll have a little bit of news later today. But let's start with conference championships from last week. We've been talking about the Bengals a lot this year. For our liking, probably a little much. Oh, he has trouble with the mic. <laughs> the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Le- Jonathan, let's go. Yes, they are. If I would have told you that in week two after the Bears beat them. Would have told you you were out of your mind? I think I would have said it was out of my mind if I said it like going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean... Once it was like once they were in the playoffs, it was definitely on the table. But you know, this is a team that had I think like the third worst Super Bowl odds coming into the year. And yeah, I think they, what plus ten thousand. Yeah, they, they had a they had a defense that nobody really knew much about. A lot of new players, a lot of new faces. They had a quarterback coming off a major injury. They had a rookie receiver that everyone said was the wrong pick when they made it, including myself. Yeah. And here they are now in the, in the Super Bowl after beating Patrick Mahomes twice in one month. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the details of that game in a second. The Bengals were plus 10,000 to, to win the Super Bowl preseason. This is a team that started 1-1. One one. They beat the Vikings week one at home, which was surprised some people. Then they went on the road and lost to the Bears. But then after that, started rattling off a couple wins. They, remember that Thursday night game against Jacksonville? They were down like three touchdowns. Yeah. They came back and won that game. They blew out Pittsburgh, I think, twice. One of them wasn't like really a blowout, but they did beat them um, comfortably. They blew out Baltimore twice. And the writing was on the wall for a while that this is a team that, at their best, could hang with anyone. And then we remember the Chiefs game in Week 17 when they were down 14 nothing early, down 14 at three different points in the game. Before coming back and winning that game, I think thirty-one to twenty-eight, mm-hmm. and even we saw last week the AFC Championship down twenty-one to three. They got the huge stop at the end of the half when Eli Apple tackled uh, Terry Kill just before the end zone. That really shifted a lot of the momentum of that game. They got the ball short in the second half. I think scored a touchdown twenty-one ten when uh, Samaje Ryan scored. Second half twenty-one thirteen. They tied the game. Uh, Taylor had the two-point conversion. 21-21. They get, McPherson kicks the field goal. They get the stop. We go to overtime. They get the Von Bell pick. McPherson wins it. A little, we'll talk about the Chiefs' perspective in a second, but this Bengals team, I, mean, I said it before, they show that they were good enough to hang with everybody. What's it going to take for them to get one more win? We'll do our full Super Bowl prediction next week, but just kind of an early insight on that. I mean, I think it's going to take – the same thing that the, the same way they've been winning the entire playoffs. I mean, they need to play great defense against this Rams team. That's how they've been winning games, whether you like it or not. They played great defense against the Raiders, great defense against the Titans, especially. And then in the second half, they played unbelievable defense against the Chiefs. This is the second straight time that that Chiefs offense 
which has been the best in the NFL the last couple of years, has been shut down in, in the second half against against the Chiefs they, or against the Bengals. They do a great job making adjustments in game, and obviously Joe Burrow has done what he's needed to do. He he's fearless. He goes out and throw, throws the ball all over the, all over the yard. He was one of the best deep passers in the league this year, and now here now here they are. They 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 the, the Rams are not. An easy out by by any means, but I do think the Bengals should win this game. They're here for a reason. I don't think they've come. Maybe it's just the good story, good story or whatever. But I don't think they've come this far to to lose to to the Rams. Uh, that's what I've been saying all week. They didn't come this far to lose Super Bowl to Matt Stafford. Some of the stats for the Bengals in that AFC Championship. Burrow had 250 passing yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Joe Mixon only ran for 88 yards, no touchdowns. Mm -hmm. T. Higgins, huge game, six catches, 103 yards, uh, no touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 54 yards and a touchdown. Pete Ryan, 43 receiving yards and a touchdown. But the Chiefs, Mahomes was awesome in the first half, over 200 passing yards. Finished with just 275, three touchdowns, two picks, including one pick to the defensive tackle, B.J. Hill, and then the one in overtime to Von Bell. They thought they ran the ball pretty well in the kid, and he had 5.4 yards per carry, but they didn't run it much in the second half. Kelsey had 95 yards and a score. Tyree Kill, seven catches, 78 and a score. Uh, Miko Hardman, 52 yards and a touchdown. But just living in the second half, now we have to have an extend, extended discussion about the Kansas City Chiefs and what really happened to them in that game. So in simple terms, I'm going to put it like this. I, I told this to you. I told it to Jake. Mental fatigue, I thought, caught up to them. I thought they played 65 minutes of perfect football, as perfect football as you can play, going back to the start of the second half against the Bills when it was a tie game going to the half. 30 minutes of that, their five minutes of overtime where they had the ball and they scored a touchdown with Kelsey, and then the first 30 minutes of the Bengals game. I thought that's a 65 minutes of perfect football as you can play. You come back to beat Josh Allen, you get on a dominant start against a really good Bengals team. I don't know, it was 14-14 to at halftime in the Bills game. They won that game with 42-36. to so they scored mm-hmm. what, 28 points and then 21 points. So what, 49 points combined in those 65 minutes. The defense played well as well. And I think it all just caught up to them. They just ran out of gas. They had, they had thrown all their punches. They got into the, the ninth, 10th round, and they couldn't really handle it anymore. And it just they almost feel like they ran out of gas. And the Bengals, who are a great second-half team all season long, like all, every Bengals fan said, and they just turned it on in the second half, and the Chiefs just looked – Lifeless. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. I think it's also just proves how hard it is to win in this league. Like, you you can play as well as they did for 65 minutes, like you said, and all of a sudden you're done, right? One one bad half of football, and the the Super Bowl favorites that that everyone had deemed going into these playoffs are are out. They, they They got shut down. By a Bengals defense that was was great all year, and listen, like, like Buffalo's defense was the best in the league, and they just ripped them apart. But like moving the football, even for an offense as potent as this, is ridiculously hard. And like, I, I don't know. I think you, I think you hit it, hit it on the head when 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 you said that they they just kind of lost it. Like, and you you could kind of tell going into that overtime that. Even though they move the ball down the field and Butker ties it, that like the Bengals getting the stop in the red zone and sacking Mahomes, like they they, they weren't just going to go score like everyone thought they were. It almost had a different feel to it. And this is how I explained it to Jake. It was when they tied the game against Buffalo and they went to overtime. They end, the, the the half or the games ended the same way with the Buffalo and the Bengals game. They both kicked field goals basically right at the end to force overtime. But the difference, I thought, was against the Bills, they were pressing forward. They had the two plays, chunk plays down the field to result in the field goal. In the Bengals game, they had already got down there, but they started moving backwards because Mahomes got sacked twice. Mm-hmm. They had a bad run. So it almost feels like the momentum or the, sh- the tone of the game or the game flow was moving back. When now they were getting the ball, they weren't really, they were, it didn't feel like they were really playing from ahead. But when against Buffalo, it did feel like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, no it for sure does. So that's when the first pass, they tried running an RPO out to Demarcus Robinson. They threw it over his head. Second down, Eli Apple dropped the pick six. Third down, uh, I think Bates had a huge deflection right into the hands of Von Bell. I think it was Bates. It was a big play mm-hmm. when they were throwing it to Tyreek. And then Burrow made a couple of nice throws to Higgins. Uh, McPherson kicks the field goal. They win it. 
Where do the Chiefs go from here? Because this is now back-to-back years that they were the Super Bowl favorites. Mm-hmm. They got shut down by the Buccaneers in the second half and last year's Super Bowl. Remember, that was only a 21-6 game last year at the half. It was By no means was that a blowout at halftime. They only scored three points in the second half. This year, second half against the Chief events, the Bengals, only three points in the second half. They looked lifeless. Well, Where do they go from here? First of all, the, the Super Bowl quarterback theory, Super Bowl loser quarterback theory is alive. It's alive and well. It's, it's very alive. We'll talk about the other one in a little bit. Um, second of all, where do the Chiefs go from here? It's going to be really hard for them to win a Super Bowl, as it is for any team from now on. But Mahomes' contract, I believe, gets started next year. Yeah, next next year is the first year of the million. the unbelievable crazy expensive contract that he he has. So building a Super Bowl roster around him is now going to get infinitely harder. They they're going to lose players and frankly they're not going to have a lot of room to sign players and from from here on out Harry they keep their roster by hitting on draft picks. Yeah. That's really the only yeah. way. I, I thought they had a good draft last year, though. Yeah, they did. Humphrey, Humphrey and Bolton. Um, but, like, if it, from here on out, missing on draft picks like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like, at the end of the first round, like, that's going to hurt them a lot. So They need another receiver, I think. Yeah, and, you know, there are plenty in – the end of the first round, I, I've advocated for they need a guy like Drake London, but he's probably not going to be there. So I've, I've heard Traylon Burks' name floated around. Yeah, I, I like him, the guy out of Arkansas. For the, for but them, there's no reason for them to draft a guy like Jahan Dotson because he's too similar to Tyree Kill. Yeah, no, no, no. They don't they need, need s- a guy. We'll, we'll do so much draft stuff in the next couple months. Yeah, they the, need a guy like Burks or a guy that can go up and get it. Yeah. Almost like I don't want to say like Jameson Williams, but like I don't think he'll be there when he's they're picking. Yeah, no, they don't need a guy that. Can just like fly down the field and get him an open yeah, yeah. space. Like they, they don't need, need another a better guy like version that. of like Demarcus Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, like they don't need this like ultra speed guy. And I like I know how that's that's how they play, but like defenses or offenses are so much harder to guard. I think when you have two receivers who don't have the same skill set. Yeah, it's defensively though they their issue showed all year long. I think they need an upgrade at corner. I don't think they're going to go out and pay J.C. Jackson the money because they don't have the, the salary to do that. But they need help. They couldn't rely on Rashad Fenton, Mike Hughes, and Shadavius Ward to win a Super Bowl. Yep. The same, I don't know what Tyron Matthews' future is. He could be leaving. Yeah, him. no, he could be gone. If he, loses, if he leaves, it's a huge loss for them. They have Chris Jones locked up for a few years. Great defensive tackle. Yeah, he's really good. They have Nick Bolton, who's going to be a star linebacker in the league, former Missouri Tiger Nick Bolton. Outside of those guys, though, I feel like there's a lot of replaceable players. I think Sorensen can be replaced. Juan Thornhill's re- had a really good start to his career, but I can't tell you much he did this year. Anthony Hitch is another linebacker. I think he's a free agent. Um, Melvin Ingram, they brought him midseason. I think he's a free agent now. Yeah, uh, I mean, he was good. Yeah, he was really good for them. After not doing much with the, the Steelers or Chargers <laughs> in the last few years. But offensively, they, I don't want to say they need a, a remake or a remodel, but they need to retool a little bit. They need a... It's felt that sometimes they were trying to get too cute. Remember the Blake Bell? I don't know if you watched much of the Buffalo game, but the the speed option they ran on the third yeah. one with Blake Bell. It's I don't know if Bianami is going to take that Saints job or not. I know he's interviewing with it today. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to lose the offensive coordinator, because especially when you've gone three years of winning a Super Bowl with this caliber roster. Because I would assume if did the Giants sign Kafka as the offensive coordinator? I have no idea. Okay, because I know the quarterback's coach is Mike Kafka, former uh, quarterback under Andy Reid. He's the Chiefs quarterback's coach. I feel like I saw that he signed with the Giants somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm looking it up. No, he's still the quarterback's coach of the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, I think he would be the new offensive coordinator. I think he, he's a passing game coordinator right now for the last couple of years. I think he would do a great job. Oh, no, the Giants are expected to hire him. Okay. So maybe the, the Chiefs would have to go elsewhere to hire an offensive coordinator. Yeah. That would be a, a less than ideal if you lose Biennemi and Kafka. Because that means, I don't, even know who the, I don't know who their running backs coach is or next guy up. Wide receivers coach. Like I'll check the Chiefs coaching staff. So many names <laughs> I recognize. Yeah, I mean. Maybe they need to keep Biennemi. Maybe I need to backtrack. Cause if they lose Biennemi and Kafka. Because I think Biennemi might take the Saints job. That's, I'm hearing rumblings of that. Their running backs court coach is a 
I gotta find it. I know there are wide receivers coaches, Joel Blymeyer. Blymeyer. But, like, e- even if, like, those one of those guys got the job, would it be, like, positions that they deserve to have? Probably not. Considering they're wide receivers and running backs coach of, you know, passing game analyst David Gerard. Really? <laughs> the, the guy on... The, the, huh? Dave, why is his name? David Gerard, that name sounds so familiar. Isn't that, wasn't that the quarterback for Jacksonville? Oh, no, that's David Gerard. Gerard, okay. No. Running backs coach is Greg Lewis. Wait, is that the same guy that caught the touchdown with the Vikings? Yeah. You know the, the, the Favre touchdown pass? Greg Lewis, welcome to Minnesota. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, okay. He's their running backs coach. Oh, my God. That's he, weird. He'd probably be their wide receivers coach. Um, Well, let's go Rams-Niners. <laughs> this was the, like, the definition of, like, a good, bad game. Yeah, like, the the worst good game of all uh, of all time. It was, like... or Or the best bad game. All time. It was just like a good, bad game. It was a bad game that I enjoyed. It's a good way to put it. I don't know how the 49ers lost the game except their coach is Kyle Shanahan. That's the only way they lost the game. I don't know how the Rams won that game considering Sean McVay coached one of the worst games I've ever seen a coach coach in a big game since Sean McVay in the Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> I, thought, I didn't think Stafford even played that well. Stafford threw a couple awful picks. Yeah, he, he wasn't won, great. What should have been a third? He wasn't great. And now the Rams are playing for the Super Bowl. In their home stadium, not if you want to call it that. It's their home stadium. That's, that's where they practice. That's where they, they live. It's their home locker room. I, it's, people want to make believe that, like, oh, it's, they have no fans. Like, they're playing in a stadium where it's always away fans. Like, sure. But what's the bigger factor of playing in the Super Bowl? You playing a stadium you're used to playing in. Despite, there'll probably be more Bengals fans than Rams fans. It's hard to tell. Patriots, it's, it's hard to get tickets to the Super Bowl. When the Patriots played the Rams in Super Bowl 53, it was 90% Patriots fans. Uh, not a lot of the Patriots have one of the best fan bases in the league, one of the largest fan bases in the league. Uh, the Rams do not, especially this was two years after their move to Los Angeles. They're playing, they're staying in their home city. It's a huge factor they don't have to leave. Like, they're not going anywhere. Like, it takes a lot for a team to, you know, leave everything behind and travel a week early because... The teams are probably traveling. Bengals are probably traveling today. Usually, teams do that the Sunday or Monday before the Super Bowl. The Rams don't have to go anywhere. They're practicing in their home facility. They're sleeping in their own beds. They're doing all of that. I'm not even sure they stay at the team hotel a night before Super Bowl. They probably do, anyways. But it doesn't get talked about enough that they are staying in their home base. Sure, they're not going to have a full 99% Rams fans. If maybe if this was the 49ers playing the home stadium, maybe it would be that. But it's not. I still think it's a major advantage that the Rams are playing in their home stadium. Uh, what advantage do you think they could have in the Super Bowl against Cincinnati? I think they have the advantage of the fact that the Bengals' offensive line is god-awful, specifically on the right side, and the Rams have one of the best pass rush in the league. Like, I think that's going to be a major factor, obviously, right? Like, having Aaron Donald and Von Miller on the, on the defensive line against this Bengals' offensive line, like, that could solely win you the game, right? Right there on its own. Like Stafford wouldn't wouldn't even have to play that well if those those two can get home. But you know, I think one of the other things too is Stafford has to limit his turnovers. He he's due for one two a game. Yeah, he only had, he only had one pick against the Niners. As long as they're the like, game. as long as they're like not like setting the Bengals up in prime position to score, like. I think the Rams probably would be okay with that because he he's he's not perfect by any means. He does make tend to make a lot of mistakes, and when he makes those mistakes, they're usually really really bad mistakes. Well, they got lucky that Ward dropped that interception. He gave it right to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would I mean that. And then Beckham had a catch and a 15 yard penalty the next play. Pretty much clinches the game right there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Odell Beckham for one is. Added a completely different element to their offense. He's been great in these playoffs, and all the narratives about him like ruining quarterbacks completely out the window now. But his, his dad is one of the best agents in the league. Yeah, got him from Baker Mayfield to playing for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, people like criticize like him going to the Rams. Like when that happened, people are like, oh, he made the wrong choice. Great, great job from OBJ. Except he put all his contract in like Bitcoin. I think he like lost it all. Yeah, like, I mean, like whatever it was. The, the last, I mean, the last time. 
he did, he did something like that. It didn't work out. So no. it was definitely fair criticism, but him and him and Cup together have been one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. Cup has been the best receiver in the league this season. Yes, he yeah, has, he and he's probably ca- going to win Offensive Player of the Year. He had 11 catches, 142 yards, two touchdowns on 14 targets against San Francisco. They fed him the ball early and often. Cam Akers, back from his torn Achilles, alumni of Florida State University, uh, 48 <laughs> rushing yards in the NFC Championship. This is the, I'm a little concerned when we get we'll get to the full Super Bowl thing next week that the Rams won't be able to run the ball against the Bengals. I don't think either team's going to be able to run the ball. No, 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 no. This is going to be an all-strictly-passing game. Strictly-passing game. And, you know, Mike Hilton's done a great job for the Bengals this year out of the slot. Cup is going to be all him because Cup really doesn't line up on the outside yeah. side that and much. look at Apple versus Beckham. Not Awuzie? <laughs> no, probably Awuzie versus, like, Van Jefferson. <laughs> that's that's going to be a big matchup, though. Like, what about no Tyler Higby? If Higby can't play... Kendall Blanton. I mean, Kendall Blanton was great in the, in the where, NFC where Championship. Where did this guy come from? Like, no one had heard from him all season. No. I mean, he hasn't played. huge games. He hadn't played because Hig- Higby's their guy at tight end. But, you know, you know, next man up. I mean, he, he did just that. He had a great great NFC Championship. was one of the main reasons they're here in, in the Super Bowl now. And Well, I don't know if you know this, but Blanton uh, told uh, Ben Arnett this week that, I don't know if he was on a press conference, uh, I don't know if it was a direct he told him, but I, I know the question was asked in the press conference that he trained at Missouri like in the offseason. He trained like Coach Drink and Tigers. Really? At one point, yeah. Interesting. Because he, he was out of he was he was in Missouri a couple years ago, but didn't play in the league and then he trained here and then went to the Rams practice squad and now he's playing in the Super Bowl. But he yeah, five catches, fifty seven yards on all five targets, including a huge third down at one point on a really good stick route he ran. Niners perspective of this. This is now twice in three years. They had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter of a playoff game and lost strictly because of their coach. Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought, had his best postseason game with 232 yards and two touchdowns, making it his best game. His QR <laughs> was 71. That's like 10 times higher than it was in the Packers game. They only ran for 50 yards. Debo Samuel at 26, Eli Mitchell at 20, Jimmy Garoppolo at 4. Oh boy. Debo Samuel at 72 receiving yards. Most of it came in the first half. Brandon Ayuk had 70 yards. George Kittle only caught two passes. Kyle Shannon lost in this game. Agree or disagree? Agree. And we obviously know this isn't the first time he's lost a playoff game. This is like oh. the third time he's done this. And lost the playoff game in this fashion, I should say. He did it, obviously, with Atlanta in, in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. He did it with the, the 49ers two years ago against the Chiefs, and now this. Like, crazy to think that Jimmy Garoppolo was... That close to a second Super Bowl to to proving the 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 theory wrong. Nope, the theory lives. The the quarterback losing in the Super Bowl theory. The theory is in the last like thirty years, like quarterbacks who lose a Super Bowl like historically don't get back unless your name is like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Kurt Warner eight years apart. <laughs> yep, our, our boy Kurt Warner did it eight years apart, two thousand one, two thousand eight. Yep, and Jimmy Garoppolo was very close to being on that list, but couldn't quite. Get you know, Shanna, Shanahan like. They're obviously, like, not looking to fire him, not even close. I, I think that was a topic of discussion earlier in the season when they started, like, 1-3. Yeah. But, like, it, it's a problem. He, like, he, he forgets how to run offense. So what happened was after they scored the touchdown, they go up 17-7 with a minute 59 to go in the third. This is how their drives went. A six-play drive that ended in a punt, including when they got to the Rams 44. It's second and one at the 44. Mitchell loses a yard. They do the thing where they move Trent Williams as eligible, which I hate, and Hughes got stuffed. They look like they go for it on fourth down, go delay of game. Rams take a field goal and tie the game. Three, three and out. All incompletions. Did not run the ball once. And if I'm remembering correctly, like the, the kickoff return was like brutal. They were set up at no, like that was the drive. That was the drive before. Okay. That was the drive where they actually got to the Rams 44, and then they get the ball back with a chance to tie it after the Rams kick the field goal. Uh, incompletion. Completion for a loss of three pick. Not the way that you want the season to end. Not at all. 49ers quarterback next year is... Trey Lance. Where's Jimmy Garoppolo next year? Tampa? I think that makes sense. Oh, we even talk about Tom... We'll talk about Tom Brady another day. I'm not you're, you're not going to avoid it like you did with the Patriots it's not that I'm team? I'm going to avoid it, but like, I'd rather talk a little more about the coaching hires yeah. after, after the other side mm-hmm. of the break. 
Rams, what are some of the things they kind of got to fix up before they get to the Super Bowl? Because I think it's running the ball, and I think it's trying to kind of limiting the big plays. I thought the Rams, the Niners had a few chunks of them with the Samuel catch and the Ayuk had a big one over the middle and the Kittle touchdown. The Bengals are a chunk play team. Yeah, Higgins, Boyd, um, uh, Jamar. Uh, we don't know if Uzama is going to play, but he's a big play receiver or a big play tight end, I should say. And we know what Burrow's capable of. They have to get a pass rush. Von Miller, best trade on an acquisition of the season. More, he has been more important to that team than Beckham has. Yeah, man, without he had the doubt. Big strip sacks uh, against Tom Brady. Put some pressure on Garoppolo. He's going to need to have a big Super Bowl. Former Super Bowl MVP Von Miller. He could be, you know, when we do long shot Super Bowl MVPs as part of our big prop bet extravaganza next week. Uh, could be Von Miller as part of that. Yeah, I mean, the the Bengals are, like you said, a big play team, but they can't do that if the pass rush for the Rams exactly. is, is getting home. So I think the key to this game is going to be more about tackling in space because J- Jamar obviously has just broken a couple huge touchdowns this year on slants and screen passes. He had that one against the Chiefs in Week 17. And and like Higgins is the uh, is the same way. Like he'll break one, break one too. So it's just, it's just about getting home. So you have to tackle in the space, and then obviously finishing those tackles. Aaron Donald Super Bowl MVP according to you bet plus seven fifty. Decent value. Can have three sacks, strip sack. They hold the Bengals to ten points. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's his. Uh, we'll do full Super Bowl preview. Next week, everything. We'll do our story of this game, prop bets, all that stuff, fun stuff. We had a great show last year doing that. Let's hit a break. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk Josh Gaddis leaving the University of Michigan, what that means for Michigan, what that means for Miami, and a few other coaching hires in the NFL. Let's start your Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. Culture, KCOU, society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, Eternity, KCOU, Deep Space, Travel and Leisure, KCOU, Magazine Subscription, ends eventually, just as all of us KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. This is Ryan from Portugal, the man, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1. Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. Maybe right, I think they're being followed now. Don't look, just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. Harrison Vatnick, Jonathan Lidskin. Sunday, February 6th, 2022. This is a different dance song we thought I'd play. For sure. Usually, 
could go with Just Dance. Going with a different kind of dance song. It's a good song, though. This is a good one. Good album. Coaching hires. We'll start with some college. We haven't talked about college football since. Who won the national championship, Liddy? It was Georgia. It was. Appreciate you telling me that. I, I thought Alabama won it. <laughs> if, if I would have listened to you, that's what I would have believed. But nope, Alabama didn't win it. The Georgia Bulldogs are the national champions of 2021. Just going to put it out there before we start. But a big coaching hire. Big coaching change as of this morning. Next week we could be talking about another coaching change, depending on what goes on in the SEC with a team named the Tigers. And we're not talking about Eli Drinkwitz. No. Or, or Brian Kelly. Well, I wouldn't matter. be surprised if other stuff comes out of Brian Kelly. <laughs> can, can never be surprised with him. But Josh Gaddis, the Broyles Award winner at the University of Michigan Offensive Coordinator. Rightfully so. Very surprisingly announced this morning he's leaving Michigan to take the same position. At the University of Miami. Michigan's will probably be a top 15 team to start next year. I'm not sure Miami would be ranked. If they are, it'll be in the 20s. Explain to the context of why Gaddis is leaving Michigan now. It can't be anything more than he's getting paid more, you would think. Cause yeah. They gave Miami a lot of money. He's, t- he's taking the same position, right? It's not like he's getting a better job or, or anything like that. But... You know, you if you've listened to the show, you know what I think of Josh Gaddis. He's one of the best coordinators in all college. Football. He's great, and I was advocating for if Harbaugh left for the NFL, him to get the Michigan job over a guy. Well, like, I, I thought earlier this week that Gaddis would be the next offensive coordinator, the next head coach at Michigan. And I think if he stayed there, I still think he would have been. But you know, he's moving on, and maybe he's felt like he can. He's done all he can at Michigan, and. Now he's moving on to a, a, a different job. Like So, yeah, he's taking on – I think Miami's going to be better than Michigan next year. I tweeted this morning, Miami's a 10-2 team next year. I think they'll lose to Texas A&M and Clemson. They could win the Texas A&M game. But Michigan, I think, is now an 8-14. This is a team that loses Mike McDonald. That's his name, right? Yeah. The defensive coordinator. He's now going to Baltimore to coach under John Harbaugh. And then Big uh, Gaddis going to Miami to be their office coordinator. This is a Michigan team – we know Harbaugh's track record of how you know he could us in big games. This year, he finally had two fantastic young coordinators in Gaddis and McDonald. Yep. And now they're, he's replacing both. Michigan's 8-14 next year. Michigan's drop-off will be the heaviest. Their schedule's thing. really hard. It's not necessarily really hard. They play. I think their losses could be at Iowa. Uh, they have Penn State at home. They have Michigan State at home. And they go to the horseshoe. I think those are four losses right there. Maybe three. Not, they, they could have upset by someone else. They could have Maryland, Maryland Rutgers. Uh, there's a couple other you know, tough games in there. This is Michigan. This, they will have the biggest detachment of any of the four playoff teams, including Cincinnati. Even Cincinnati, really? I think Michigan will lose three more games than they did last year. I don't know if Cincinnati is going to lose four more games than they did last year. I don't know if Cincinnati is going to be very good at all. So, I, I think they'll still... They could still win nine games. I'm saying that Michigan's drop off would be bigger than Cincinnati. So I think Michigan going from 12 and two to eight and four. Cincinnati could go from 13 and one to yeah, they'll probably be the same nine and four. I don't know who else is going to be good in the American. I know UCF will be good next year. UCF, yeah, I mean Memphis. Houston, is, Houston, Houston's going to be really. Good Memphis is probably going to be all right. Houston's going to be really. Houston will be the group of five team next year. They're really good. Um, any other thoughts on? Chris Ball and the coaching staff. He just brought Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator. He was with Auburn for a few yeah. years in Tennessee. They're, they're building a staff there. They didn't get Joe Brady, but they're right to the Cordex coach at Buffalo, or with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I, I mean, weird. He's it's a good job for him. Yeah, but interesting. Um, you want to get into uh, some coaching hire stuff? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, I just want to play you something that I, I found interesting. There's a soundbite uh, about the – a coaching hire for the Saints that I, I think it just came out in the last like 30 minutes about the enemy. Let me just play it real fast. I knew you were going to do this. I knew as soon as you said soundbite that you were going to play it. Let's go. Right after the Duke UNC game last night, too. I figured there are three coaching jobs open. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that was a good setup. But I, I knew it was coming, but it was a good setup still. <laughs> I'm disappointed you knew it was coming. All right. You know the drill. Yep. Early spring break, second weekend star, Mardi Gras. Let's go, baby. There will probably be two rounds of this over the next month. Good. We need two rounds of this. Your first team, John. You. We don't even. We don't even to, like, to explain the context. Nope. nope. Not at all. I'm prepared to. Jonathan Litzkin, the UCLA Bruins. They are a second weekend star. So you think they can win two games in the first weekend? Yeah, and I think they can win three. It's just one of the things about UCLA is they take a lot of tough contested shots. And Titus and Tate have this whole thing on their show where they call certain teams make shots team. UCLA and it, it's, make pretty, shots it's pretty much like the team's entire success depends on whether they make shots. And with the kind of shots UCLA takes, they are bound to lose before the Final Four this year. Juzang had 20 and 10 last night. Yeah, they lost to Arizona State they in triple overtime. Hawkeyes at 27. These guys played 50 minutes. Back-to-back losses on the road to Arizona teams. Yep. Now we want this late in the year for UCLA. No, and it's it like their Final Four run was incredible last year, but it's very improbable that they make make those shots again and win those kind of games again. Like the Michigan uh, Michigan game and the Alabama game. Yeah. The Alabama game the special. Mm-hmm. I all agree with you. I think they're a second weekend exit. They feel like a team that'll lose in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I think they're good. I just I've, I've critiqued them a lot this year. The look on your face when the music started playing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Next team, Kansas Jayhawks. They're a second weekend star as well. And I have a theory about Kansas that I've explained on Marathon to March a lot this year. If a team has a big that can destroy McCormick uh, on the offensive end, then Kansas is done. Because their success solely depends on David McCormick. They're great everywhere else. And I've advocated for them going small and kind of playing four guards this year and Jalen Wilson at center. But it's very unlikely that they can get to the Final Four without avoiding a really good big that'll beat up McCormick. Yeah. We saw what McCormick did against Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. a week ago. Mm-hmm. Kansas up coming. They got Texas on the road on Monday. They play Oklahoma still. They can still go at Baylor later in the year. We'll get to Baylor eventually. Mm-hmm. I, I think Kansas could be a Final Four team. With the right draw. I think yeah, I, yeah, I, with the right draw. Next team. Michigan State. Um, Tough loss to them by 21 to Rutgers. Yeah, I'm going to go second weekend star again. Um, this isn't a super talented Michigan State team, but I've seen them in person this year. They play really hard. They're really good defensively. And I, I, I trust Izzo, so... I'm going to say they're, they're a Sweet 16 team, I think. Do you think they can win the Big Ten? Yeah. Regular, wait, regular season or tournament? Tournament. Tournament for sure. And I actually have a long shot bet on them to win the okay. Big Ten tournament. But, yeah, the, the Big Ten tournament is going to be weird this year. I think there's probably four or five teams that can win it. I'll mention one of those teams. What about the Wisconsin Badgers? They are early spring break for me. And I think Johnny Davis is really good, but... Like no, if you no can, team, no team is as good as their best player. If you, if you can game plan for him, then they're done. Like they they have nothing else. And like Davison's been good in games for them, but th- their success solely depends on him. Johnny Davis averages twenty points, eight rebounds per game. He's my second leading candidate for Player of the Year right now. Behind Oscar Shibwe. Oh yeah, you could win Player of the Year. Yeah, he's been the most dominant player and in the country this that, year. And after that, Brad Davison, fifteen points, and then Wall just eleven points per game. Those are the only <laughs> players in the team averaging. Double digits per game. Yeah, they squeaked out a win against Penn State yesterday. Yeah. What are the Houston Cougars? A team we were very anti last year. I think oh, this is a tough one because they have lost players to injury. But they've still think, been playing well. I think they're a second weekend star. I, I trust this, their system. And like they're a good offensive rebounding team. They're really good defensively. I think they're probably a second weekend, weekend team. They're nowhere near as good as they were last year, especially without Sasser and Mark. Yeah, I... They, obviously, I'm going to say every team with the right jockey into the final four, but I'm kind of impressed how Houston's been playing this year. They're one of those teams that, like, they can get, like, a draw, like Tennessee or Xavier, and, like, I trust them to win that game. What about a team I am very high on? The Texas Tech Red Raiders. They can be a final four team, but I'm going to say they're a second weekend star. At this, we had this conversation last year. And you said they were early from break. Yeah, they're, no, they're better than they were last year by, by far. And it's with Kansas, it's 1A and 1B in the Big 12 right now. But they don't have 
an elite offense by any means, and they don't have like a go-to guy. Bryson Williams has been there for them at times this year, but I don't trust them scoring-wise to win four four games in a row. But they play great defense. They do play great defense. One of the best in the country. But if they get into a um a game with like Gonzaga or like Auburn, a game that could like a team that scores at will almost. Like I don't trust them. They played Gonzaga earlier in the year, if I'm not mistaken. They lost. They, they did, but um, a Shannon Shannon didn't play, and they had somebody else injured too. Yeah, McClure didn't even have a good game that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had. A, they held Gonzaga. He, he's key they for them. Gonzaga to 69 though. He's key for them. When McCullough is good, they, they yeah. play really well. I, I think he's one of their best players. They they beat Tennessee on the road in double overtime. Yep. This is a team to watch out for. They beat, they've already beaten Kansas. Yeah, I like them a lot. They beat, they beat Baylor on the road. We'll get to Baylor eventually. Mark Adams stuck it to Chris Beard last week, too. Is he the big 12 coach of the year? Yeah. I I can't imagine who else it would be. Maybe um, Otzelberger from Iowa State, but I think probably Adams. What about the Purdue Boilmakers? Oof. He's that puts up some points. Yeah, they have the best offense in college basketball in the last but decade. But the defense, a little shaky. Yeah, they're 103rd right now in defensive efficiency by Ken Palm. I'm going to say... They're a second weekend star. They're for sure getting to the second weekend. A lot week- of second weekend stars here, John. Yeah, no, no, no. no. This is, you're going to see that. I, I don't feel like when we do this the second time, those are the, these teams are going to split. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think per, I trust Purdue because their offense is one of the best like we've ever seen in college basketball. But they cannot stop a nosebleed against anybody, and they have trouble closing out games. They've won close games. They but barely beat Michigan. They, they almost blow that game at home to Ohio State. Last weekend, they lose at home to Wisconsin. Like they give up 88 points to Illinois. Who's, Illinois is a good team, but listen, eventually, eventually they're going to get a bad matchup in the tournament, and they're not going to be able to use that. Potent Almost offense. like Alabama, like last year. Yeah, they play Illinois on Tuesday at home, and they go to Michigan on Thursday. Yeah, and if Illinois beats them, um, they play three games this week. If Illinois beats them at Purdue, they pretty much have a clear path to winning the Big Ten regular season title. I don't know about you, but I don't care about regular season titles. I do. I think they're more important than conference tournament titles. Well, we know conference tournament titles don't matter. Yeah, but... But I'm not overly impressed by regular season. I think if you're finished second or third place in the regular season, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I, think, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think it's just more notable if you win your league. Yep. Baylor. Uh, early know, spring break. I've talked to you this over the last two weeks. Yeah, you have. And listen, I watched their game against Kansas yesterday. I watched the whole thing. LJ Cryer didn't play. There's not a thing he does that that is saving this team. Yeah. They are a train wreck right now. You know how many points James Akinjo scored yesterday? I'm going to say seven. I know Dewan Harris was really good against him. You said seven? Yeah. Subtract seven. He had zero. Zero points, 0 for 11. Oh, my God. And, like... He's supposed to be the best player. Listen, I, I think this team started 15-0 before losing to Texas Tech at home. They're, four, they're started 15-0 and lost 4-4. Four and four. Four I, I was... I thought they were really good. They looked like a Final Four team again, and all of a sudden it switched to, I don't think James Akinjo's the guy on this team that can get them the, to the Final Four. And then it became, yeah, this team is just a train wreck, and I don't think they're going anywhere. Like, obviously, like, they can get the right draw, like, set, set the right draw as a seven seed or a ten seed and win it. But like, at this, I think the right seven seed can beat them. I, I think, think it could be a three seed come the tournament. Yeah, no, 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 no. They're spiraling downward right now, and I, they're struggling to win games. I I do not think they'll get to the second weekend. I told you this when they were a one seed two weeks ago. I'm like, <laughs> this team feels like the one seed that will lose first weekend. Yeah, and now they're not even going to be a one seed. So. They're going to be a two seed. I think the, the three seeds are licking their chops in Baylor in their region. <laughs> the 14 seed, this is like Georgia State. <laughs> RJ Hunter for three. Rod Hunter is falling off his stool. Villanova. Second weekend star. I trust Jay Wright to get, to get them to the second weekend, but this team isn't that good. Are they going to win the Big East? They should, but um, Providence somehow keeps winning games. Um, they play today against Georgetown. They're like a six-point favorite on the road. I'm very intrigued to take them. Yeah, they're, they're weird. They went. They I, I wouldn't. I would stay away just because they won. A, they won a lot of close games. They remind me a lot of San Diego State two years ago. I was gonna flirt with a little Providence Ohio State money line parlay. <laughs> Ohio State don't win today. But. Ohio State wins. Yeah. Now Villanova should win the Big East, and I think they probably. Jay Wright probably wins two games in the tournament. Gillespie no had more. 19 points in the win yesterday against UConn. Uh, Daniels, 16 points. Caleb, v- Villanova is begging right now. What Daniel, was Daniels always there? Or did he transfer? Caleb Daniels? No, nah, he, he's been there, okay, I think. I they, Justin Moore was hurt yesterday. He didn't play. But Villanova right now is begging to get 
put in the East region so they can play in Philadelphia. Yeah, that'd be like home, basically home court advantage. Same thing as Baylor or Baylor's. No, in San Antonio. I guess they're not even probably even gonna get there. Um, I'm gonna say this team. I know the probably the answer, but Gonzaga. Uh, Mardi Gras. They're they're the team I'm most confident in to get to the final four, and they're probably not my pick to win at all right now. But they're mine right now. They're extremely good again. Denver, Kentucky. I, I've said this the whole year. They're not as good as they were last year. Not even close. But, there's no, but they don't have to be. There's no Baylor in their path. Exactly. They don't have to be. So, I, I think unless they get a terrible matchup, they get to the fi- Final Four. Um, And, yeah, the, that's back-to-back for, for Mark Few. Just needs that title now. All five starters yesterday put up double digits in their 33-point win at BYU. Yeah, BYU's... Do you know who they play on Thursday? Pacific. Pacific. Tough matchup. <laughs> then they get St. Mary's. St. Mary's is decent. Pepperdine, Santa Clara, San Francisco, St. Mary's again before they head to the West Coast Conference Tournament. The biggest Mickey Mouse tournament. Oh, my God. The format's dreadful. The, dude, the, like the top two seeds get biased to the semis. What about Providence? This is the team I want to learn a little more about. I don't think- I'm, I'm going to say early spring break. I'm, I'm, I don't... I, I need to see more of them, but like, if, if going here going into the 2020 tournament, the tournament that didn't happen, where would you have told me San Diego State was going to finish? Second round exit to like a seven seed. I I so could have seen that. Like, if San Diego State, I, had, I thought if San Diego State I, had I wasn't gotten like Illinois, Illinois in the second round, I wasn't going to take San Diego State to go far. Ex- exactly. This this team is exactly like that, and I think. Towards the end of the season, that San Diego State team luck kind of ran out, yeah. too. Like, they lost the Mountain West Championship. They lost one game at the end of the regular season. I think that same downwards trend is going to happen eventually with Providence. They're the luckiest team in college basketball right now, according to Ken Palm. They barely beat... Who was it last Saturday? So on Sunday, they barely beat? They squeaked out a win against St. John's earlier this week. Um, and then la- they, be- like, they beat Marquette. Marquette, that was the team. I think, yeah. They squeaked that one out. The, but they, they haven't played UConn yet, and they haven't played Nova. So... That'll be telling. If they can win some of those games, and and I think they will, like probably get a split, like at least out of out of Nova. But yeah, I don't trust them. Kentucky Wildcats, Mardi Gras. I said they're the third best team in the country for weeks now, and they they if you if you put a gun to my head right now and told me who's winning the national championship, I'd probably say Kentucky. They they have. If you were to fill your bracket right now, you'd have Kentucky as. Yeah, and like I don't have an official national championship pick, but Kentucky I think is like. Built to win it this this year. They have they they rebound the ball well. They have shooters. They have a point guard that is they they drops dimes literally everywhere. Is like third in the country in assists. They're elite defensively. They're this team is very very good. When they played Duke, back on completely different November team. November 9th, they had eleven more rebounds or nine more rebounds than Duke. They. Held Duke to just one three-point make. Mm-hmm. But Duke made 16 free throws. Kentucky made six. Duke won the game by eight. Kentucky only shot 37% from the field. Yeah, and, like, Duke's a good defensive team, too. And, like, those two teams are so different than they were in that game. Duke, for first of all, like, A.J. Griffin, like, didn't even play in that game. He probably played, he like— 11 minutes, two points. Yeah, exactly, and— He's completely different now and adds a different element played, to Duke. AJ Griffin played 31 minutes. And, yesterday. like, Ty Ty Washington was dreadful in that game. He's their second best player now. Yeah, nine. It was his first career game, nine points, three or 14 shooting. Yeah. She weighed a casual 17 and 20. Yeah, he dominated Mark Williams. That's why I think that if those two were played again, maybe in Chicago in six weeks, seven weeks. They're both trending towards one seeds, so. Shoot. Well. We'll see them in the Duke, Duke especially. Both of them actually have yeah. just awful schedules the rest of the year. Kentucky, next couple games. They got South Carolina on the road, Florida at home. At Tennessee next Tuesday. Not this Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. That's a little tricky. Yeah, Tennessee's playing well too, but... They play Bama again, but they're they're heading in the right direction. I'm not to, I'm not, I think they'll lose one more game. Same thing with Duke. I don't think Duke's going to win out. We'll get to Duke right now. Are they also Mardi Gras? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say so. They, they looked great last night, and... Like AJ Griffin, like I said, adds a completely different element. I, I do think that this their offense can get stagnant at times, and AJ Griffin's kind of changed that. And I hope they don't revert back to that because 
I, I think probably at at worst this is an elite eight team. Last one before this will be continued. I'd say three weeks. We'll do this again on the twenty seventh. Last one. Illinois. Kofi Coburn, we know he's one of the best big men in the country. Frazier, the point guard's really good. Early spring break. You think they'd lose the five twelve game? I don't trust them. I don't think they lose the five twelve game, but like they're they're gonna be higher than a five twelve. They're probably gonna be a three seed, if I'm being perfectly honest. But you think they move all the way up? Yeah, they they have so many good wins at this point, and but I I just don't trust them. Like one, one like I don't think this is. I, I think they could get a bad matchup, and it's something they don't overcome. It's it's what happened to them last year, and I don't. I need to learn a little more about that. If they couldn't do it with Iowa Sumu, I don't think they could do it with this team. That's a good point. I I would agree. I for now, I think they'd lose. I think it'll be. I don't think they'll be a three seed. I think five or four seed makes a little more sense. We'll see. If they if they beat Purdue on, on, because they've already beaten Wisconsin, they've already beaten Michigan State, they've already beaten Indiana. They've they've only, they've only lost three games when they have a fully healthy team. Kofi's missed two of their losses. Well, this will be continued, I would say, in about three weeks, the 27th. Yeah, we only have, like, four weeks, five weeks left of the regular season. That was, so. that was a fun little segment, a little surprise. The, the regular season ends a month from today. Next week, we'll do Super Bowl stuff, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the tw- Actually, you're not here next week. Oh, that's right. I'm not. I'll find someone to do Super Bowl stuff with. The 20th, um, we'll figure something out. 27th, we'll, we'll do this. 27th? Oh, you're going to tell me this time. Okay. Yeah. You, you like the surprise. Yeah, it was good. The VNMV video. And then we have the Sunday the 6th, then Selection Sunday the 13th. Yeah. Are we going to do the show on like the morning of like like that Sunday? The, the Selection sun, Sunday? No, no, the, the, the Sunday after that. Like when we The Sunday of the second round. We might skip it. We'll see. If it depends what the news is in the league. That could be a skip show. Yeah, we also could just come on here and talk about why Houston's back in the Sweet 16. <laughs> well, actually, no. If that's NFL free agent week, I'm not sure that'll work. I forget what the NFL free agency is. I'll look it up. Uh, but next week, we'll do big Super Bowl talk. We'll talk both teams, talk legacies. Then we'll do what we did last year, but the archive never saved of last year's Super Bowl, which I'm pissed about, which I probably would have listened to it a thousand times. We did the prop bet extravaganza, where we just Ooh, did like rapid-fire prop bets, including, like, Halftime show and like Gatorade, it was, it was so much fun. The free agency starts March 16th, by the way. So that's like a so couple guessing, of, that's a couple days after selection Sunday. I'm guessing we'll need to do this on the 20th. Though. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stick it out and do the show. Plus, the second round, like the, w- the way the second round works in the tournament is like they have one game at like noon, one game at like three, and then the rest of the games are at night. I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember that. All right. Well, anything else to add on, John? Good Duke. Go Oklahoma State. <laughs> Go Wazoo. Good thing Jake's not on the show today. Shout outs. Shout out Wazoo. Shout out uh, Juven Slate Brazil. Mm, yeah. Our dynasty. Big game against that, that I've been absent for for the past yeah, season and three fourths. You're like Hugh Freeze. I'm like Hugh Freeze. All right, guys. Everyone have a great Sunday. We'll see you right back here next Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday on Star Sunday, KCOU 88.1.